Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. To get this off for the two-minute warning. A little surprise. Falls back, throws. Intercepted. It went right through Jeffrey's hands. It's Lattimore. Welcome back to 32 Fans. I'm Alex Chester. With me, as always, is Wheels Wienaker. Wheels, how's it rolling? What's wrong? What's like, are you eating something? Why is your mic like a hundred times deep, your voice a hundred times deeper than normal? I don't know. I'm a little sick. I have a little cold. You sound so weird. Is it is it deep, sexy deep or like, no? Oh, no. It's the, what's the opposite of sexy? <laughs> is, it, is it Bradley Cooper and a star is born? Because I found uh, that really irritating. It's Gary Cooper, present day. <laughs> Okay. Um, uh, can we start with a bit of housekeeping? Yes. All right. So I, I have uh, three topics to discuss. Uh, topic sure. number one uh, is Adam Gaze. I listened to your app podcast with uh, Rob, where you are mm-hmm. super anti Adam Gaze. Yeah. And I just need to point out, and you know, longtime thirty-two fans listeners will recall, yeah, that in Adam Gaze's first season as the coach of Miami, you predicted yep. the Dolphins to win the Super Bowl. Yep. 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 Famously. So how are you turned on him so dramatically? I mean, you look at the totality of what he did in Miami, and what is his resume? Like, what? Uh, like, yeah, his first year was good, but they got progressively worse. It seems like the good players hated him to the point where, like, Ajayi gets booted out of town. Kenyon Drake. Is it he's possible they were just afraid play. of him? I mean, you've seen his eyes. Yeah, I mean, it is possible. And one thing that somebody like you, a Midwesterner, won't appreciate is a team, especially dumb teams like the Mets and the Jets. The media controls them. Like, the media can hire and fire coaches for the Mets and the Jets, without question, um, and guilt the teams into signing different specific players. So, Gase was bad with the Miami media, which is like, you know, like the like one dork from the Sun Sentinel and the Miami Herald. Like, you know, a, a, and coming to a town where there's dozens of guys there every day, he's going to be so in over his head. Like, he had some bad moments in, you know, the, especially talking about the famous one where he's talking about Tannehill, where he just, like, loses his mind. Uh, after a win, after a big win, loses his mind. Um, I, I just think, like, in DVOA, they were falling, they were, like, the last two years, they were something like 25th and 27th overall. They had, a, they had kind of a league average, you know, at worst, like, 19th best quarterback, and he wasn't really able to, uh, you know, Tano wasn't really able to grow at all under Adam Gase. Like, I don't I don't understand. I, I like the idea of him. Uh, I The guys who immediately, the young coach who immediately gets fired and rehired, 
I, it just reminds me of Mangini, where like they don't have it the second time. Rex wasn't so young, but like Rex also like these guys needed a couple of years to go back and be a defensive coordinator under a really good coach or an offensive coordinator under a really good coach, right? And like, yeah, I like I don't think he learned from his mistakes, whatever they were, and I don't know why he's all you know all of a sudden going to become good. I said like if he's smart, then the first day call up Jamal Adams, who is the clear leader of the team. Um, and, you know, he calls up Darnold, who he spoke to. They made a big deal that, like, oh, we didn't hire him before he spoke to Sam Darnold on FaceTime. It was a 10-minute conversation. And, like, the team made a big deal that he spoke to Sam Darnold before they hired him. And, like, Darnold gave the stamp of approval. Like, your quarterback, who, listen, I love with all my heart. Yeah, he's he 21 was, years old. What does he know? I know. Like, he's a 21-year-old kid who was one of the worst QBs in the NFL this year. Let's not uh, have him make decisions. But he's probably smarter than the Jets' owners, so... We're, it, it's like the blind leading the the mediocre QBs. Like it's I don't know. It's a mess. I, can we rank quickly the eight uh, quarterback hire, the eight coach hires? Because they're all, all eight. You know, they're not all official, but they're all sort of locked in. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm reticent to rank them yet because we don't know anything about any of them. But what you yeah, but at least rankings. like I'll have a take on the on the record, and then like I can look yeah. smart or more likely stupid okay. when when they blow up. Okay. <laughs> I think number eight has to be Zach Taylor. The Bengals, like, they're very cheap, right? They don't want they, – they're not going to spend the money on a coach that most other teams do. I'd imagine Marvin Lewis was probably making below what, you know, he'd be making on any other team. Zach Taylor's 35. He's our age. Uh, he wasn't even the coordinator, right? Sean McVay's the coordinator in L.A. Uh, he was the quarterback's coach. I yeah. always yell about teams hiring one-year coordinators. coordinators. I want guys who – Yeah, yeah I, I, you want a guy who's been calling plays for – Two, ideally three years. Ideally, he's been on two teams, so he knows, like, all right, this is the best of what Coach A did, and this is the best of what Coach B did. Like, you be in two different systems. If, if it's one pro, one college, great. I, you, Sean McVay is a savant. Like, yes, you could, I'm sure, learn a tremendous amount. It's, it's like going to a great graduate school for a coaching. But, like, you can't take McVay's brain with you. So, uh, it, you know, the fact that nobody else was even interested in interviewing Taylor, to me, just you know, shows me that uh, he he was the true. interim OC. Few of these jobs were given to guys who had no chance had any other reviews. Like I mean, Freddie Kitchens was not considered by anybody outside. Of right, right. That has to be a red flag. I agree. Uh, I'd say seven probably the the Dolphins hiring the Patriots coordinate defensive coordinator Flores, who's not even I think even official the defensive coordinator. Um, I'm not but, sure. But I mean, Bill Belichick coaching tree has had such success. So. Yeah, I mean, like he's got, he had one year. I. I, I is this the only minority hire, by the way, of of the eight guys? I'm not sure. And I'm, is Flores minority? I guess I'm. So. Ju- I'm guess. I'm. I'm honestly only guessing based on on the name. There's definitely no African American hires. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yay! Oh yeah, Brian, Brian Flores is uh, is African. Again, I mean, how can you consider an African American coach when there's these eight amazing white coaching candidates? <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. It looks like someone like Caldwell who got like four interviews did not actually get a serious consideration. I just so Flores, I don't know much about him. I'm not going to pretend, but really, he's the he's a linebackers coach. That's the second guy who's getting hired. He's a position coach. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me, right? I I guess like yeah. Gaze would I'd have six. You could definitely make a case for him higher, but it just I, I'm not you know. So here's the Gaze, here's the, Gaze thing, Gaze. the the Jets GM is about to enter year five where they haven't made the playoffs. If the Jets go four and twelve in his first year. And ostensibly, that means that the $100 million in cap room that Mike McCann, the Jets GM, had blew up on him. I think he gets fired. And then, like, a new GM might come in and fire Gase. Like, Gase, if he has a terrible first year, is a serious candidate. If I put the over-under on uh, 
Sunday night after week 17 of the 2021 season, so three years. Uh-huh. Will Gase be uh, the head coach of the New York Jets? Past that so day? Black, does he survive Black Monday of of his, his third, third season? Year. Yeah. I'm going to say no. That's not great. Not great. I'm going to say no. Yeah, I mean, he so only I, survived I three years the ch- first time. I had a chart last year, and then I updated it, um, and I actually tweeted it out after they hired Gase last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, of every time an NFL head coach has lost his job and then had a second chance, sort of like the Bill Belichick yes. Pete Carroll model. Yes. So 32 times an NFL head coach got fired from his first job, and in his first job he never made the playoffs or uh, or if he finished cumulatively under 500. So 32 okay. times the Adam Gase's world got a second try. Mm-hmm. How many of those player? How many of those thirty-two coaches won more than one playoff game for their second team? Uh, I'm going to say one. No, so the, it's five of thirty-two. It's Marv okay. Levy, I like who was the yeah. coach for like second on the Colts. Uh, okay, Mike Shanahan, who was the coach um, on the Raiders and the Broncos, and then of course the, the right. Washington but the Raiders player. firing, if I remember correctly, was was silly. Like it wasn't a yeah. deserved fire. Yeah, it was a person. Yeah, uh, Gary Kubiak. Who um, you know was the coach at Houston, and then he won the Super Bowl. Yeah. And now he's. But the when he was a coach of Houston, it was still sort of a like yeah. he did a good, he did an objectively good job with Houston. Yeah, they created that a young franchise season when Shaw got injured and everything fell apart. And yeah, mm-hmm. um, Jack Party and then Bill Belichick. So that's the whole list. What about Carroll? You didn't say Carroll. It's five out of thirty-two. Well, Pete Carroll actually had more success in his first try. I'm talking about who failed the first time. No, Carroll went six and ten in his first job. Carroll was the Jets coach and went six and ten in one season, and they had the the fake spike game, and he got he, they lost that. They were six and five playing for the division lead. They lost the fake spike game. They didn't show up in December. They went zero and four, and then he got fired at, at six and ten. I am quite certain. Oh, now maybe it's messing up your ranks no, 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 because the, because, the yeah, because Car- no no because Pete Carroll failed his second time also. That oh, I got, it, I got it. I got it. I got it. I'm talking about so the first right. time to the second time. Yeah, he, he right. failed with the but, Jets. But when the you Patriots. say failed, he went ten and six, nine and seven, eight and eight. Like he was actually, and they made the playoffs two out of the three years and won a playoff game. Like oh, he didn't do a bad job. In New so I said more, one more than one playoff game. Okay, fine, got it. Yeah, I mean, if if a coach wins one playoff game in his tenure, I don't know if you would consider that a success. No, but in three years, and he had no losing seasons. Like oh. you know, he, he, he I mean, he finished well. Um, yeah, so it's it's not a high success rate, but all right. So who do you have as the fifth uh, worst coach? Because you haven't even got uh, to Kitchens yet. Or King, yeah, I'll or give Kitchens. Three. The one thing is Kitchens sort of deserved the job based on what he did with their offense. Like it did just look objectively better once he was out of the picture. Now the upgrade from you to anybody should be, uh, you know, the famous like Raheem Morris bump, right? But uh, like like you said, nobody was fighting for him. He probably got a relatively cheap deal. I mean, Bill Simmons, like, why the hire Kitchens? Who was fighting for Kitchens? Well, like, what do you want him to do? Like, keep him as an interim for 2019? That would be nuts, right? Like, got to hire somebody. They weren't going to hire Greg Williams. You may as well keep it in-house. Uh, you know, maybe this works with Baker, and then Baker sort of has some stability as he builds his career. Four I Vic Fangio did a great job, probably deserved a gig a couple times in his career, but I don't like hiring old first-time coaches. I, You know, especially with a young coach. Like, this is the Bears are not necessarily one year away unless... Uh, Mr. Trubisky makes a jump. Where they well, hold on. I'm going to step in here. I agree and I disagree. I mean, like you look at Mike Zimmer, for example, with the Vikings. He's been pretty uh-huh. successful. Now, now Fangio was even older than Zimmer. How old is Zimmer? I would guess when he got hired, he was 58, would be my guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and 58 Fangio's is like 62 or something. Yeah, I think Fangio's 60 now. Yeah, he's 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 going to be it's his first season going to be his age 61 season. Zimmer's 62 now. So, yeah, he was about 58 when he got hired. 
or 57 maybe. That's really yeah. touching. Over 55, I think. I mean, just, you know, think about the people in your life who are over 55. Like, they start to slip a little. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, your But Zimmer, yeah, Zimmer had is, been a defensive coordinator for 14 years. Okay, so is, Fangio's also, like, he deserves the job, right? He yeah. he was a, he was the coordinator for, like, the Panthers, NFC Championship team in the 90s, and the Colts, Peyton yeah. Manning team, and the yeah. Texas. Like, he's got so an amazing resume. why didn't resume. he get a dance all, you know, 10 years ago was the question. Right, if it was an obvious thing. And he's always been a defensive coordinator. One year he was a linebacker's coach, but he's essentially uh, – yeah, other than when he was on the Ravens, he's been defensive. Co- he's been a defensive coordinator since '95. He's been a linebackers coach in the NFL since '86 without a without any break. That's crazy. Um, and he, you know he's been with he's been with both Harbaugh's. He's been with Nagy and Fox. Like he's got a lot of good coaches around him. I don't know, like what's the long term plan? You almost need you know so that so the the Cardinals hired Arians, which I actually have that I fanned you at four the Arians Bucks. at two. The Bucks, excuse me, hired hired Arians. Uh, I, the, I, it seems like Bowles, who's the defensive coordinator, is almost like the backup coach. You know what I mean? Like, and Arians has a different issue, which is he's got he's had major health issues. They made him even take a physical before they gave him the job. <laughs> but I don't know who like sort of Fangio's backup coach is. But you, you, there's almost a coach. Not that Bowles is a great coach, but he could you know he certainly. Yeah, the type I, of guy I, I wouldn't could. worry about that. You know, uh, coaches usually don't last more than three or four years anyway. So if it's a fair point, but that's but here's my point: the real organizations, which you know, New England, Pittsburgh, Baltimore, Seattle, now they've had the same coach for 15 years. You want to, I mean, Cincinnati did too, but not not because of their success. You want to have a coach forever. So I don't, you know, I, I don't know. I like starting at 60 means you're only going to have a coach for five six years if you're lucky. So yeah, I have I have uh, so that's uh, Fangio at four. Arians was at two, but in in between them, I have Kingsbury. The downside is insane. I mean, he could go in three and thirteen and be back as a college offensive coordinator by December, right? For like the Bulls next yeah, year. Yeah, I mean, I would love to see him draft Kyler Murray and they dump Josh Rosen. Yeah, I mean, listen, it's possible. It wouldn't be crazy. I, I do think like it's a sunk cost. Like if Rosen was in the draft again, not saying he's a bust, but he would not go in the top ten if you if he was somehow able to re-enter the draft right now, right? So, yeah, I don't um, know. I just we've learned our lesson the last couple of years with off. Two years ago, and then with Trubisky last year, so I, yeah. I, I'm not jumping to any conclusion yet about it. Okay, and, and to me, the guy I wanted the Jets to hire who they didn't even seem to consider was Matt Lafleur. Yes, the Titans' offense was not great this year, but you look at their roster; they had nobody. Uh, he is really like a guy who you know should get more of a benefit for actually being an offensive coordinator around McVay, going somewhere we could call the plays. I, and if you watch the Titans, like, did they impress you with what they did? No. But he got better as the season went on. Derrick Henry ended up rushing for five yards of carry for the season when his career looked over. Uh, and and every play, they came out with interesting formations. Like, yeah, they have they were playing freaking with Blaine Gabbert a lot of the season. So they weren't well, we, supposed to score any We points. had ranked the eight open jobs uh, yeah. before any of the hirings came and went. Yeah. But, I mean, do you think LaFleur would have considered the Jets if he could go to the Packers? Probably not. No, no. I, why would you? No, yeah. of course you want to work with yeah. Rodgers. Like, yeah. you know. Like your basement is so like you have freaking yeah, air. So Rod. I'm saying, so you can't, you can't blame the Jets for that one. No, no, no. But I also like. I mean, the Jets didn't seem interested. Uh, but yeah, so I have Lafleur at one. But again, none of these blow me away at all. Right. The thing that would have blown me away is going out and getting you know David Shaw, and Matt Rule, and Monk. Uh, like some of those guys, Monk didn't get a job. Uh, well, at a certain Monk. point, David Shaw's not coming to the NFL, right? And we just have to realize. Yeah, that. you know, I agree. I don't think he's going to come. I. I Here's the thing: the college coaches. If you go eight and four every year, and you mix in one, you know, Rose Bowl trip, if you're in the Pac-10 every six years, you could keep that job forever. Whereas, unless you work well, for the Bengals, at Stanford, you can. Yeah, there's some places where eight four gets you fired. But yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, right. No. Well, Alabama, you're not going to stay forever. But I, yeah, in a lot of these Pac-10 jobs, like if you're a nice guy and you and the 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 fans like you, no, there's no upside you, to come to the NFL. Yeah, there's none. Which is and and if I mean, they've been learned that the hard way. A lot of these guys learned that. The we hard way. we know what what college coaches make because they work for public institutions, and we don't know what NFL coaches make because they work for private companies. Uh, right. We have no idea. Belichick might make twenty five million dollars here. Who knows? We, we, people guess he makes like twelve, but it's it's a complete guess. Um, but college coaches make just as much. Like Matt Rule, the Baylor coach that the Jets seriously considered hiring, was making close to four million already, and probably squeezed out another couple hundred grand just you know to to twist his arm to, to stay in Baylor. That's the Baylor head coach was making as much as like the low level NFL coaches. Yeah. So really, to get a guy who's making five, like a serious coach that people have heard of, you probably have to offer him seven or eight. And even then, you know, if I was his accountant, I think you could make a case that just stay and keep making five forever rather than making seven for three years and then. You know, having to go back all over again and start like Bowling Green, and you know. Well, I don't think I think any high-profile college coach who fails the NFL can go right back to a big high-profile. Probably, job probably, but uh, not if you embarrass yourself. Like I'm sure Ben McAdoo thought. I mean, like, even oh, you like know. Dave Wanstead ended up at Pitt, right? Which is still, you know, yeah. maybe not a top twenty job. But, but Wanstead didn't embarrass himself. If you embarrass yourself in the NFL, you sort of become toxic. Well, but like Petrino Jackson, embarrassed himself. Saban, you could argue, embarrassed himself. Who? Saban. No, Petrino. Saban didn't go two and fourteen. And Petrino embarrassed himself for sure, but and and you know he come a little while. But, but Petrino also left sort of before the wheels, like the wheels fell off because he left. Petrino left like yeah, in the middle of the season. It was basically. a cluster the whole way. Yeah. Um. All right, so that was, that was Sa- my first. Saban, uh, yeah, Saban had two mediocre years, but but uh, yeah, he didn't like shame his family. Yeah. All right, that was my first house cleaning issue. My second one, okay. uh, you know, listeners have. Uh, posted in the in the Facebook group from time to time, uh, new serials or serials they recommend, and this is one they actually had recommended. Ooh. Mm-hmm. I finally got around to it this week, and I need to give the strongest possible endorsement to uh, chocolate peanut butter Cheerios. Oh, okay. So that we considered that for the the um, the cereal tournament. I don't know why it didn't make it. I think maybe yeah, it got, now, it got I, mentioned I too late. You know, you're anti all chocolate because you know you yeah. have some kind of mental disorder. Mm-hmm. I'm anti chocolate cereal, cocoa cereal, because it just it tastes fake to me. Um, but the peanut butter, first of all, peanut butter is always great. If you remember in the tournament, we had those Reese's peanut butter uh, cereal. What was it called again? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that one. That one was my favorite one. Actually, it shocked me how good it was. And so, anytime you have peanut butter and chocolate, it's obviously a good combo, including mm-hmm. in cereal. Cheerios alone, you know, plain Cheerios made the final four tournament, so Cheerios is obviously a winner all the time. So the peanut butter chocolate Cheerios is a tremendous cereal, and um, I will definitely be buying more boxes of it. So I get a strong uh, endorsement. Mm-hmm. And then I have uh, one more endorsement. I'm going to give a book recommendation. Oh, okay. Uh, I haven't given one of those in a while. So, you know, usually the way I, I work is I read like sort of two or three books at a time so that I sort of like mix it up so I don't get yeah. bored with one. By the way, I, I'm watching movies for our eventual movie rankings that are going to happen in a few weeks. Yeah. And I watch two movies at a time. I watch like 10 minutes, and the first second I get bored, I switch to the other movie. <laughs> Yeah. And I go back and forth. I've watched the first 20 minutes of like five or six movies in the last couple of weeks. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, if, if a movie doesn't suck me in by the 20 minute mark, I'm cutting, you know, I'm cutting. I bait. think that's fair. So, yeah. Um, but so, yeah. So I'm reading j- just I'm not reading the books I'm reading right now are not great. I'm reading this out uh, like this dual biography about Churchill and Orwell. Uh, not such a great book. Um, I've read other better Churchill books, and uh, the Orwell version is basically like a Wikipedia entry. It's not good. Um, but mm-hmm. uh, but as sort of in a, uh, a um, to clean my palate, I started reading uh, Mark Leibovich's book, Big Game, his NFL book that came out a few, couple oh, months okay. ago. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, I haven't I haven't seen it. 
phenomenal. If you're listening to this podcast and you're not reading that book, I don't know what to say. It's, it's It seems like it came and went. That's interesting that you're saying it's, it's hilarious. So good. It's for, I mean, he is one of the funniest writers I've ever read. I I, I Who's the bad guy? Is Goodell the bad guy? I mean, I, there's no okay, so he spends a lot of time with Roger Goodell and Jane Goodell and Jerry Jones, Arthur Blank, Rob Kraft, Tom Brady. And so he's he's very I would say he's fair. He's sort of um, well, okay, so let, let me give, here. Let me give you a quick excerpt about Goodell. So we all know the famous story about when you know they had the pizzas delivered and no one touched the pizza because Goodell wouldn't eat it, right? Mm-hmm. Or that famous story at that meeting. So, um, but Mark Leibich goes a bit deeper and he gives a deeper explanation for why Goodell didn't eat it, which is Goodell doesn't like pizza. In fact, Goodell is all is anti all cheese. All right, okay. let me read your quick little excerpt here. Goodell does not, in fact, care for pizza himself. He was turned off to cheese in general at an early age after he accidentally bit into an individually wrapped piece of American cheese that still had the plastic wrap on it. It disgusted LaRage and apparently soured on the pleasures of cheese forever. And this explains everything about everything, or perhaps nothing at all. <laughs> I just love that. Um, mm-hmm. So the whole book is sort of like uh, very tongue-in-cheek, uh, sort of like that. Um, at one point, there's a, one of the other owners says that Dan Snyder has his face buried in Jerry Jones's colon. Okay. And, uh, and Libby of Dad's parentheses. Uh, normally, I would not include such a gross and unsourced slander in a mature and dignified book such as this one, but that image is irresistible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the whole book is uh, it's very, very funny. Uh, you get to learn a lot about, uh, well, mostly the five people I just mentioned. It's, it's really Goodell, Jones, Kraft, and Brady are sort of the four main characters of the book. Um, but it's funny, these people gave him so much access, he spent so much time hanging out with them, and so you really learn an incredible amount about who they are. Uh, you know, Alright, I'm going to check out this book. Yeah, so Big Game by Mark Leibovich. Uh, definitely, if you are an NFL fan, then you should uh, read the book. It's very entertaining, and um, you'll you'll learn a little bit more than you wanted to know about some of the owners, because these guys really, like, I mean, they, they don't hide anything. Kraft keeps going off the record, Leibovich talks about, but Jerry Jones, yeah. there's no off the record with Jerry Jones. Right. Like Jerry Jones used to be a shoe salesman. Mm-hmm. And he used to uh, masturbate into the shoes he was selling. What? <laughs> exactly. Uh, you know, Jerry uh, drinks uh, a big pint of uh, Johnny Walker Blue and he just starts telling you uh, how he feels about things. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So, yeah. So that's my book recommendation Mark Lubavitch, Big Game. All right. Yeah. That's actually that's a good recommendation. <laughs> no, that, that, that sounds good. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Uh, we should probably talk at some point about the uh, divisional games last week, right? Well, I mean, it's already Tuesday. There's not. I mean, I, the, my main point was I, I was I fell asleep watching Saints Eagles, right? Which was the only and, good game. So did I, by the way. Yeah, I slept through the first when half I woke of that up, game. When I woke up, I I put it on in the morning on Game Pass. And when the Saints were driving, I said to myself, like, well, if you know, on the, on the really long drive when they're down, um, fourteen million, whatever it was. Yeah, fourteen ten, whatever. And I said, like, you know, if they score a touchdown, like they're winning this game, and, and if they don't, they're gonna lose. But if they score a field goal, they're down one, they're probably gonna lose. Like it was so apparent on every play, like that that drive was the whole game. There were about six times on the drive where almost any quarterback would have just been, you know, like that would have been it. Breeze and, and also Thomas made so many plays. I do think, like, even though there aren't a lot of amazing storylines, like with the Chiefs Rams, you would have. Let's. I want to rank the storylines in a minute, like in terms of from one to four, sort of Chiefs Rams, uh, you know, Chiefs Saints Patriots Saints Patriots Rams. Like, what would be the most optimal for you know that we would care about? But I, I do think like Breeze, in a weird way, being already like the all-time leading passer in the NFL, like could have this coming out party where he becomes immortal by winning a second Super Bowl. You know. 
Okay. You know, I, I this year, quarterback was such a second was such a couple a, weeks ago, and I had him all the way at number three all time behind yeah. uh, Manning and Brady. But if you, you had know, said I that had him in like, September, I always had like the Dan Marino right? section, like seven, eight, nine. But I think yeah. actually, statistically, frankly, he's right up there with Manning and Brady. He really is. Yeah, but if you had said that in you know August thirty first before the season, people would have laughed at you. And now, yeah. it's yeah. not such a hot take, especially if he could somehow win a second. Yeah. Um, now, I mean, he he hasn't been in playoffs nearly as much as either one of them, and hasn't had success that either one. Who of them do you has think? Had. Yeah, no, I I, I mean, I, I think there's very. I, I mean, I saw a lot of Dan Marino's career. Like, I I wouldn't put Breeze over Marino. I mean, a lot of you yeah. Know, well, like you, Breeze you, has so many. You are weapons. like the biggest Marino stand. As a Jets fan, just because you were so afraid. Yeah, but of you also like you didn't really watch him play. Like yeah. people watch him play, like no, oh yeah, Marino. Marino had no talent his whole career on the rest well, of the team. Marino in '84 was incredible, and then it was sort of downhill mm-hmm. ever since then. And By the mid '90s, downhill he for was his roster, not not for not for his team. Uh, would you say Thomas is the best receiver in the NFL right now? No, not even close. And I saw like so? Mina. No, first of all, Tyreek Hill is much much better among the final four. Teams. Do you think Tyreek Hill's better than Michael Thomas? If you had a third and sixteen, you'd rather try and get the ball to Hill than Thomas. If if you which player would I rather have on my team? It's Tyreek Hill, and it's not close. Okay, and so Mike Thomas is a top end Antonio receiver. Brown over him, right? Yeah, I would take Antonio Brown over him. I would take Julio over him. Okay, Odell. I would. Uh, you know, with Odell, Odell, it's also it's always hard to separate the receiver from the quarterback. Yeah, I mean, like, has Drew Brees had? And you're saying Eli is so good. Yeah, has Drew Brees had a great receiver in his career? Marcus Colson came. Marcus Colson, I don't even think ever made a Pro Bowl, which is you know he probably deserved one. Um, Marcus you know, Marcus Colson never made a Pro Bowl. Are you sure about that? I, I think if I'm mistaken, him and Joey Gallagher are like my best receivers to ever make a Pro Bowl. That is crazy. You know where Marcus Colson went to uh, college? Hofstra or something like that. Yeah, Hofstra, which uh, no longer exists. Yeah, no longer. I mean, exists, Hofstra exists, but football, not not the pro football, football, team, football yeah. team stuff. Yeah, um, yeah, you were right. Marquez Colston never made a Pro Bowl. Yeah. By the way, you did expect me to know where he went to college, did you? <laughs> no, I was, I was a little bit. I only know that because a guy in my fantasy football league who was a big uh, Hofstra stan. So, <laughs> <laughs> Hofstra football was he devastated when they? Uh... <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, look, Mike Thomas. I saw what he did to the Vikings in the Minneapolis Miracle game. When the you know when the Saints were down twenty nothing at halftime in the third quarter, he scored a touch. He got he got Xavier Rhodes so pissed off by doing an illegal hit on Anderson Dejo that that he you know got Xavier Rhodes distracted. He ended up scoring two touchdowns in their late comeback. You know, I had him in fantasy this year in our legal leagues. He's very very good. Don't get me wrong, but I don't think Colston Colston until his last year was incredibly consistent. He had over nine hundred yards all but one year. Yeah. But he never got t- higher than he had one twelve oh two. He only had one one year. But making the Pro Bowl doesn't mean anything because everybody makes the Pro Bowl. So that's why it's kind of surprising. Yeah, it is surprising. I'm just saying. Although like, he receivers had, like, are less likely, like quarterbacks, none of them are showing up to the Pro Bowl. The veterans. Mm-hmm. I feel like receivers, you know, have no reason not to show up. So. Right. But, um, yeah, they're not going to get hurt. Yeah. And running, even running back, I don't want to take like an extra. Yeah. So, so, but let me ask you. So, when the Eagles got the ball back on that drive, you thought they were going to drive and score and win, right? Yes, just because not because of logic, just because of the eagle magic. Yeah, and and I still don't understand. I mean, not that this is why it happened, but I don't understand why with the play with like two or three to go, why are they doing that snap on the play that ended the interception? You're ready in Saints territory. You have a couple timeouts. You have all the time in the world. Mm-hmm. You don't want to go that quickly, right? You don't want to score and give Breeze any time left. I mean, again, if we learn any lessons from Minneapolis Miracle, there were what three scores in the last two minutes. Yeah. So that that part surprised me a little bit. Um, but look, it, it's it's hard to feel bad for Eagles fans. They just won the Super Bowl. It's hard to feel happy for Saints fans. 
Uh, I'm desperately rooting for the Chiefs. I mean, you talked about ranking all four of the... Uh, well, let's just finish talking about these matchups. So, the weekend started with AC blowing out Indy. And after a tough wild week, I was really happy this, to start things out on a hot point because this was my strongest take. I had like I have confidence pool where I had a Casey uh, covering the spread as my number one confidence pick of all the, the entire playoff actually. Mm-hmm. And um, so I'm like, good. I'm back on top. I know what I'm doing. And then I was wrong with like every other game the rest of the weekend. So well, the Chargers Cowboys game I was wrong. Or the Rams the hyperbole game, that me. came from Bill Simmons about the Colts, like he was calling them like the best six seed of all time. It just made no sense. And also he like, was so down on KC. Like, I thought he Kansas should have been the favorite to win the, the Super Bowl. Colts and they look good. I don't understand the hate on KC. Like, okay, their run defense isn't great, but uh, you know, the Rams and the Saints don't have incredible defenses either, and the Chiefs offense is better, I think. I think I think Mahomes is he's so uniquely dangerous. And Ty- Tyreek Hill, again, I think is the best receiver alive, for sure, in the playoffs. Uh, Travis Kelsey is the best tight end. I mean, they just they have so many weapons. It doesn't you don't think Robert Woods is the best receiver? Because I believe uh, Troy Eggman said that. Yeah, he said Robert Woods, when you take everything into account, is the best receiver in the ball. That was, that was a strong take. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, um, uh, CTE. Yeah, um, the Cowboys-Rams game was annoying because uh, you know, I had the Cowboys covering 7.5 on sort of a late garbage time cover, and they would have had it if they would have went for two. I, I can't, I just can't fathom. You're down 15, you score a touchdown. You need two touchdowns and a two-point conversion. And if you miss the two-point conversion, you're going to need a third score. You need to know if you're going to need a third score. So obviously you go for two on the first score. It was just insane right. that you know that Jason Garrett kicks the extra point. I actually want, I was rooting for a situation where the Cowboys would get the ball back, drive down, have like a fourth and 10 from the 20 situation mm-hmm. where obviously if you were down nine you could go where they go for it and miss in other words i wanted to be a situation where they would lose because of their stupid decision but okay anyway so yeah so that game uh there were no surprises the chargers patriots game really you know i was very very wrong i thought the Chargers were better i thought they would win i think if they it play that game 10 times i think the Chargers win three or four times i just think everything that could go wrong went wrong for them in that I mean, game it was 35 to 7 at halftime it was just unbelievable yeah uh, I still don't understand like how, what the Chargers had a top ten defense. Yeah, I, I said I was I said to the people I was watching that game with like if you didn't watch football all year and you saw the Chargers play you'd be like is this a two and fourteen team like they literally showed nothing the whole day yeah. like the game was probably less close than the final score indicated like they, they I mean, definitely was they they showed nothing like Rivers looked old and washed up and they didn't have any exciting skill position players doing anything and the defense I mean the Patriots were lucky you know the Chargers were lucky the Patriots punted twice or whatever. Yeah. That being said, can I drop my first hot take now that we touched on all four games? Yeah, let's hear the hot take. I think the Patriots go into KC this week and win. I'm like, I'm certain the Patriots are going to win that game. I don't even think that's a hot take. I think that's what most hot take artists are saying. Okay. Well, I, I mean, I, I'm definitely only, on the upside of that. Two one. options. I, <laughs> I think Kansas I have the Patriots by 42. Wow. No, okay. no, no, yeah, really. I, I have. I have but Kansas when I gave you, uh, um, we we did this game where you got to pick five teams. Uh, early in the season, and I got the other 27. Do you remember the five teams you got? Oh, I don't, did we do that this year? No, I don't remember. Yeah. Who did it take? Did you, did you write it down? It, I mean, if we did it, I would have. I got to go find it. Though. We did do it, yeah. We did okay. it like a couple weeks into the season. Okay, who did we I take? We had an argument like, I think I wouldn't take it at six, and you took it at five. And all you, right, who did you, I take? Who, who were my five so teams? My question is, do you have all four teams remaining? Because you I, might. I, you remember who I took or no? No, I don't. Oh. <laughs> well, I don't remember having done this, so... Someone might have written it down in the group. If you remember, or if you have, if you could track it down, if you're a listener, then uh, I mean, for, I have to imagine I definitely would have had the. I think I would have had all four of these teams because these were like the four favorites, right, early in the season. Yeah, it's very. You might have had these four and the Chargers or something. Well, like, it was like you, week two. I probably said the Vikings. I don't think you picked the Vikings at all. 
Hopefully it might have been like week four or five already. Uh, yeah, yeah, so if someone remembers, right? Yeah, so do, are you picking the Chiefs or the Patriots, though, in that I'm game? picking the Chiefs. I'm, I'm giving the points. I think mm-hmm. that it should be a lot more than three. I think the Chiefs are a much better team. I think I understand the Patriots are a public team, and they have Tom Brady and Belichick, and the Chiefs have Andy Reid in a, in a first-year quarterback, but uh, the Chiefs are just a far, far better team. The Patriots, like the, the top three teams all year, or top four, really, were the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. The, the Rams, the Saints, and the Chargers. And then it was a drop, and then it was like the Bears, and then it was a drop, and then it was the Patriots. I mean, the Patriots were just, they weren't a very good team this year. They really weren't. Mm-hmm. Their defense is not good. Their second, again, shut down the Chargers. I don't understand how that happened. I don't think they're going to shut down Kansas City. I also think playing the Chargers in their 20th straight road game is a little bit different than facing Kansas City at home. Yeah. You know, people are making a big deal that 43-40 game that the, that the Patriots won. First of all, that was in New England. Right. Yeah. As we pointed out, this game would be a New England if not for, if not for the hail mary, the you know the Adam Gates play. This game would be in New England this week. Well, yeah, but if not for, you can flip a lot of one game here and there over the course. But of the that season. was the craziest play the whole season. So yeah, I think yeah, that's that was the pretty first crazy. one you flip. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So I, I think Kansas City is going to win this one uh, pretty easily. The other game is a really tough one. The other game, I'm going to pick the Saints, but I'm going to uh, give the points. Try and hedge it somewhere in the middle. Yeah. The truth is, in our, our pool of pools, hedging really is the play for a lot of these games because you 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 lock into one and one, and then you have a chance at two. Well, it depends. I told you, one guy picked the Cowboys to win, but the Rams to cover seven and a half. That's an anti-hedge, no? Yeah, that, that's like if the Rams win by one through seven points, you go. But two, if you're trying it. to win the pool, then maybe maybe doing something crazy that nobody else picking, then nobody else. No, picks. if you want to win the pool, you gotta win all three. You, yeah, oh, yeah, you gotta. Yeah, you can't, can't hedge if you want to win. Right. The pool. Yeah. Right. I think so, the yeah. trick is you you go to you trying. Well, the trick is to win. wait until the fourth quarter of the game and then submit your. <laughs> nice. Um, and then you go through. That was shockingly. Yeah. Um, yeah. So let, let's talk about storyline. So personally, of course, I hate the Patriots and I hate the Saints. So I want to see Kansas City at the Rams, but I understand nationally that the top story would have to be Breeze versus Brady, right? Uh, yeah, I think if you gave uh, um, if you gave McManus, whoever the head of CBS Sports is, like Truth Serum, I think he'd say uh, Brady Breeze. I do think you know uh, uh, for, I, if you listen to Francesa on uh, on uh, with Bill Simmons this past week, which is always a delight, just two alpha males going at it on a Friday, yeah. um, two football experts. Yeah, the two guys who watch the most tape. I think there is a there is a Patriots fatigue, but is there is there an excitement about you know the Rams at all in their home? Well, city the Rams that would, that are all these four no. teams. The Rams are distant fourth. First of all, nobody even knows where they play. My wife was shocked to hear that they play in Los Angeles now. Yeah, um, well, Doctor you know, Jen doesn't. You know, yeah, she's exactly. The average. Um, um, you know, they ha- they have no fans. Like, I was actually wondering this last week. I was wondering... They have infinitely more fans than the Chargers, which is... I was wondering what was going to happen during a Rams game or a Chargers game. You know, like, d- at the end of the championship game, mm-hmm. when, or, or and or the Super Bowl, when the owner says, like, we just for the fans, the best fans, in, you know, in, in football. Nobody, no, no, no owner or player on Chargers or Rams would make that claim because it's so obviously laughable, right? Mm-hmm. So I kind of want to see the Rams win just because I want to see, like, what, what co- you know... We did this for ourselves, and 14,000 people in Los Angeles who care about our team. <laughs> like, I mean, you know, what are you going to say? But that would be kind of funny. Right. The, Ram- the Rams yeah. are not going to travel well. Uh, Kansas City, I think, is still a story because Mahomes has been the story of the season. He's a breakout rookie. Andy Reid. I mean, these are known quantities. Right. Yeah, but, you know, we never discussed the LA-LA thing, the possibility that the Rams, you know, had the Saints lost this week. The Rams and the Chargers, obviously, that would have, you know, it would, it would have, the Chiefs would have had to lose. You know, basically, every matchup would have been, have to be flipped this past week. 
but um, except the Rams winning. Well, now we get the Missouri-Missouri battle between the Chiefs and the Rams. Right, but the chance of the Rams and the Chargers hosting championship games on the same day would have yeah. been uh, would have been a big mess. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, uh, that, that, that would have only happened if the Colts had won. So, but yeah, right, yeah, obviously, I'm saying like everything other than the Rams yeah. winning would have had to be flipped. Uh, how would it be a mess? Like twenty thousand people are going to that Chargers game. It's not the traffic. <laughs> <laughs> no, they. But it's the same stadium. No, they're not playing in the same stadium. What are you talking about? Oh right, right. The Rams are. We've. I made this mistake before, right? The Rams are playing in the in the Coliseum, right? Yeah, now, the right? Rams play. Yeah, Coliseum, and, and the, the Chargers, Chargers play in the stadium. in that thirty thousand yeah, yeah. per soccer stadium. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So maybe it wouldn't have been a mess. I mean, it would have been a traffic mess, but but. Uh, LA is always a traffic mess. Yeah. So so, what's your for the late game then? Hmm. Uh so what's the line? Two and a half. Well, I three. thought the line was three and a half. No, it's three and a half. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I, I like if I pick the Rams, I'm going to regret saying that Jared Goff's going to go into New Orleans and meet Drew Brees. Yeah, you know, like, Sean McVay, McVay's though. a great coach, but one of the things that like, great coaches do is they destroy bad coaches, and Peyton's not a bad coach. Is, I, um, is Todd Gurley all the way back, or, or is it that you know, or is CJ Anderson playing just because he's been playing well? So why not? Play? I think both. I think he's not all the way back, and it's like, you know, and it's I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I let's let's you know remember this conversation when the Jets in a month spent eighteen million dollars a year on Le'Veon Bell, um, you know when C.J. Anderson and Damian Williams are like going to play in the Super Bowl against each other. Um, I was I'm, updating I my I was stuff. updating my teams of the decade, like yeah. my all deck team in football. Mm-hmm. So obviously there's one more year of the decade to go. But and, and by the way, th- there's a very close race for quarterback between Brady, Breeze, and Rodgers. Yeah, and Matt Ryan coming in a fourth. But well, I'd imagine you know, Rodgers is a little bit behind them in games played. Just because yeah. he's missed so many more. Yeah, games. Ro- Rogers is basically a full season of games. Because Brady's injury game. was before the decade, even so, Brady yeah. hasn't missed a game other than the suspension. He hasn't missed yeah. a game due well, to injury. So yeah, so Rogers has fourteen games fewer than Brady, sixteen games fewer than Breeze. Yeah, so that's part of it. Yeah, so his numbers are a little bit worse. Um, Can you you want to yeah. read us the team of the decade? I would I would like to hear it. Sure. Uh, okay. So quarterback, I have here's my number one. I have Brady. Number two, I have Breeze. Number three, I have Rogers. Four, I have Matt Ryan. Mm-hmm. Five, I have Roethlisberger. Six, I have Rivers. Seven Russell Wilson, who you know just had played. No, but I want to hear. So. Okay, I want to hear. I want to hear like the rest of the team. I want to hear like the running oh. backs and the, and the linemen. I don't want to hear every quarterback. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Well, so I actually. So here's the thing. Because I'm gonna have to redo this next year when it's actually done. I was actually yeah. wondering why am I doing this right now. So I actually right. stopped after the skill position guys because the defensive That's guys. It's so it's so tough. Yeah, so, people want to just hear the skill position. Yeah. Guys well, anyway. the reason I'm bringing this up is because. You look at the running backs. None of them have championships, basically. <laughs> like, you know. But okay, so yep. running back number one. I've uh, same Sean thing with McCoy. defense, by the way. That the the top four offensive teams are in the playoffs, and like the top like eight defensive teams are at home right now. Yeah. Well, but Barnwell's saying how it's the worst defensive foursome to ever. Uh, every team. Yeah, I mean every. Well, but la- I mean, look at the Super Bowl last year. There was no defense in the Super Bowl even. I mean, one team had a pass rush, yeah. but neither team could cover. Yeah. The, the, other than the Patriots, the other three teams each average over 31 points a game. In the past, yeah, but then that's what we want to see. Like, you know, again, that Rams-Chiefs game was amazing. That Rams-Saints game was amazing. That that Patriots-Chiefs game was amazing. Right. The All problem is the offenses are so season. great. We're going to see a well, blowout. One of these three games, is just, one offense is just going to have an off day yeah. where, like, they don't convert a they, few early third downs. So you the, look up and it's 42-14. The Patriots did not play the Saints, but the other four teams left, they played each other. And in those three games, none of them had fewer than 75 points scored. Right, even yeah. fewer than eighty points score. So yeah, no, we're, we're probably going to get a classic at some point in, in yeah. these next three. All right, so my running backs of, and I'm kind of the decade. I start with the year 2010, so it's 2010 through 2019. Obviously, one to mm-hmm. go. I have a Shady McCoy number one. 
over Aiden yeah. Peterson. It's you know. kind of a su- surprise. That's almost a war of attrition. Well, McCoy wins. Well, well, you would say and that, yeah. Cast because he's probably not going to be playing or at least relevant next year. McCoy has two full seasons more than Peterson. But also, actually, yards per game. McCoy is at 101.4. Peterson's at 99.3. LeSean McCoy, just rushing? over. No, rushing and receiving. Game. Yards per scrimmage. Okay. Well, Le'Veon's probably over 100, no? Le'Veon's at 129. It's by far the most. But yeah. Le'Veon's played five. He's only played 62 games. Yeah. So, yeah, he's played. So, Shady, one. Peterson, two. Matt Forte, three. Former Jet. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Marshawn Lynch, four. The, uh, he won a title, obviously. Uh, Arian Foster, five. Le'Veon Bell, six. Frank Gore, seven. Now, that's just a war. I mean, he's just chugging along with, you know, a thousand yards a year, basically. Yeah. Um, DeMarco Murray, eight. Todd Gurley, only four seasons. I read him at number nine. Mm-hmm. I have uh, Jamal Charles, 10. Mark Ingram, 11. Ray Rice, <laughs> four mm-hmm. seasons in and up, uh, 12. Um, and then, you know, keeps going. Uh, wide receivers, a lot more, you know, wide receivers and quarterbacks obviously last a lot longer than running backs. So wide receivers are much more impressive. Antonio Brown, Julio Jones, Calvin Johnson, uh, only six seasons, but really good. AJ Green, Larry Fitz, Demarius Thomas, you know, obviously he just benefited a lot from playing with Peyton Manning for a couple of years there. Des mm-hmm. Bryant, Brandon Marshall. Brandon Marshall, I think, is not going to get in the Hall of Fame. I think he should. No, he's not going to get in. Yeah, but he should. And he has the added bonus. Well, he does. He, it's funny because he's one. He is a weird. Uh, sort of dichotomy where it's like he was sort of unpopular with the media, but now he's in the media. But also, here's like the thing. Him. He went from team to team. He never had a quarterback. I mean, he played in Miami, Chicago. That's the Giants. Like, where did he get a good quarterback? Yeah. He never did. And so, you know, it's very impressive what he did. Again, a lot of these guys are catching balls from Hall of Fame most of their career. You know, Brown, mm-hmm. Julio. And, um, so, yeah. Then I have DeAndre Hopkins, Jordy Nelson. Uh, again, just I think he benefited a lot from others. T.Y. Hilton, Deshaun Jackson, who's uh, still kicking. Uh, Mike Wallace, uh, Odell Beckham Jr., Mike Evans, Doug Baldwin, Ray White, you know, go on down the list. So that's that's where it is with a year to go. So at those mm-hmm. three positions. And then, uh, my, my coach of the decade, uh, not hard to guess, he was the same coach of the decade last decade. Wow, Bill Belichick gets two coach of the decades. Has anybody ever gotten two coach of the decades before? <laughs> I'd have to go back and check. Good. Uh, the, the Football Hall of Fame, which does all decade teams, they actually gave it to Brady over Manning for quarterback last decade, mm-hmm. which to me is insane. Yeah, the first decade. Like, at least if Brady has five Super Bowls, fine. But he had three. Manning had one. Yeah, but Manning also had like six MVPs, and Brady had one. Yeah. yeah so that was yeah, kind of we, we discussed a couple weeks ago. Manning, if you, if you NBA-ify the NFL MVPs, it, it really hurts Brady. Yeah, of course. Um, winning yeah, twenty-eight so, playoff games helps. You know, you know who my number three coach of the decade? And this is purely based on the team's performance, not what I think of as a coach. Obviously, he's Mike McCarthy. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> wow. I mean, I mean, look, he won. You know, he went tenants every year, basically for nine straight years. He won a Super Bowl. He won a bunch of playoff mm-hmm. games. So, so I've I've Saints Patriots. You have Saints Chiefs, right? As what I predict to happen, yeah, I predict to be Saints Chiefs, and I stand and if you remember, I I predicted the Saints to win the Super Bowl. I think in our preseason podcast. Oh, I have to go back and look. I don't remember. Well, it was Saints. I had the Texans, right? I had the Saints Texans. I think I picked the Saints to win because I think I said that, like, the Texans was such a hot take to have them in the Super Bowl. There was no reason to have them win, also. Yeah. Like I had the Dolphins winning two years ago. Yeah. Uh, you had the Dolphins over the Cardinals that year, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Well, I nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's uh, coming here. You know, I think Andy Reid. If Andy Reid wins the Super Bowl, he definitely makes the Hall of Fame. Obviously. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. Yeah. I think in if hindsight, he doesn't, he, was, oh, he was great. If he doesn't, he probably doesn't, right? Yeah, probably not. Andy Reid having a meltdown this week, or even better in two weeks, would be just a delight. Oh, that's so. Like mean. I would feel bad for him, but but like 
oh boy, like you know, the Skip Bayless of the world, would, they would they would be able to feed their family for five years based on. Oh, this, oh yeah, based of on, course, like, yeah. The hot takes. If he's going to screw up the timeouts in the Super Bowl or at the end of like, I mean, this is the biggest game in you know the Chiefs have played since Super Bowl four. Yeah, literally. I mean, they have not been. They have not hosted a a conference championship game ever. Uh, they didn't even host that year when they. Uh, they, I guess they went. They didn't they beat the Jets on the road. Was there? Did they play two playoff games that year? I don't remember. I know they beat the Jets. But um, so I'm yeah. I'm actually looking to see how many uh, Hall of Fame coaches did not win a Super Bowl or a championship. Yeah. So there's the two obvious ones in my head, but there's a third one who I was surprised by. So uh, you want to guess the three? Okay. So there's also somebody who's like Coryell right now is I think in the semifinalist. Right. He's in the final fifteen. Yeah. Final and if he gets into travesty, but yeah. But he's in as not not as a great coach, but as an innovator. So it's not even a travesty. Like he innovated. He just shouldn't be competing against like you know the like centers and, and yeah. But artists. as a head coach, he never even made a Super Bowl. So please, okay. But he's not. He won three, he he won three playoff games. He was yeah, barely above five hundred. He's career. an innovator. Well, okay. Anyway, all right. Um, okay. So okay, who are the three on. coaches right now in the Hall of Chuck Fame? Chuck Knox. Chuck Knox. Oh, he won a Super Bowl. Okay. Yeah. Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me let me think. I thought two of them were super obvious. Never won a Super Bowl or never won a championship. A, a championship, obviously. Yeah, there's a lot of guys in the pre-Super Bowl there. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. By the way, Chuck Knox did not win a Super Bowl, but he's not in the Hall of Fame. So, okay. Um, uh, what's his name? Bud Al- George Allen, Bud Allen, whatever his name is. Okay, so that's the hard one. You got George Allen. I don't know how you got that yeah. one. Yeah. Well, I was okay, just so trying to think of teams that were in the, the Super Bowl multiple. Well, the other two obvious then to me. Uh, okay, fine. Uh, Maybe not. Da- Dan Reeves? No, it's the two guys who lost four Super Bowls: Bud Grant and Marv Levy. Oh, okay, Marv. I was going to get yeah. to Marv and Bud Grant. So, because in my head, three guys, I thought. Yeah, I said three: Bud Grant, they- Marv Levy, George Allen. That's three. Oh, okay, fine. Oh, oh, but uh, but Dan Reeves is not in the Hall of Fame. No, not in the Hall of Fame, and he's not going to make the Hall of Fame. Guys like him and Schottenheimer do not make the Hall of Fame. Is my point. Mm-hmm. Right, and so yeah, Andy Reid never th- coached in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I'm actually looking. Dan Reeves went 11 and nine in the playoffs. Schottenheimer went five and thirteen in the playoffs. So the, that's right. a big difference. But um, but they, I mean, Schottenheimer was three time coach of the year. Dan Reeves four times coach of the year. Yeah, but the point is, guys like that do not make Hall of Fame, and and I think that fair or unfair, Andy Reid is in that in the boat. Mm-hmm. The guys who made the Hall of Fame. As I said, they each made it to four Super Bowls and lost. And then George Allen, I don't know what the hell he's in there, honestly. He's he's the worst coach in the Hall of Fame, in my opinion. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. but And so I think Andy Reid's in that situation. But I think once he wins Super Bowl, then I think he makes the Hall of Fame. Although, Mike Holmgren isn't in the Hall of Fame yet. I don't understand that. And by the way, I, like, Reeves went 0-4 in the Super Bowl. I don't know what you're talking about. He didn't do it with one team. Right? But oh, yeah, that's loses. true. Yeah, he lost Super Bowls with, with, the, with the Broncos. Oh, he lost Super Bowl with the Falcons also. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, any any uh, you know he made the playoffs with the Giants, but he didn't make the Super Bowl. Yeah, um, so 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 you're saying that he could be, um, yeah, no, but you're, he could have been on that list. I don't think he's a Hall of Famer, but he, I'm saying, yeah, well, I mean, also really like Bud Cut's winning percentage for his career was 62 percent, and Reeves yeah. was at 53 percent. So pretty yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he just won a little bit more than he lost. He's not a Hall yeah. of Famer, but he did make four Super Bowls. Yeah, surprised there's not like he does. He seems like the type of guy who would have like eight kids who are coaches. There would be like you know Brian Reeves, Brian Reeves, big country. Yeah, you know, there's so many other like yeah, there's so many other coaches with kids running around. I'm surprised there's yeah. It is true. Yeah. The Jets look like they're going to hire Greg Williams. What are you going to do next year? You're going to root against the Jets every week? <laughs> you hire Greg Williams, I root against you. Sorry. What if what if they just hire Blake Williams, his idiot son? <laughs> I don't understand. So Gary Kubiak is is brought into Denver to be the offensive coordinator for Fangio, 
and he wants well, to hold bring on. In... I'm going to give. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Brian Reeves. We just talked about Big Country Reeves. You remember Big Country, right? Yeah, of course. Grizzlies. Did all right. I'm going to give you over under half a three in his whole career. Did Big Country Reeves, in his six year career, hit a three pointer? No. No, you too. He was two oh. for twenty seven. Oh wow. I mean, the problem with the three-point stats for guys like that is that they include heaves. Yeah, well, that's what they all are. I'll ask another question. Did he ever take three with more than five seconds on quarter clock or shot clock? No, there's no chance. I mean, maybe like falling out of bounds and tosses it. No, there's no chance. I want to see the play-by-play. Did he ever attempt a three with more than two seconds on a shot clock or a game clock? I would say no. Played in the 90s, so it would be hard to... Do they have that information? I'm gonna have to go find the play. Like I will find. Listen, it, I, I, but I'm, gonna I'm gonna. To... I, well, okay. I'm gonna go look it up after we record this podcast. I'll post it in the Facebook group. <laughs> what the big country? Big country three. Well, he took 27. So. And I, I'm gonna it's... put this out. If a Facebook listener. Maybe we don't actually have to yeah. do it. If a Facebook listener provides a video, a video evidence of Bryant Reeves attempting a three in normal gameplay, not just heaving yeah. it up as the clock expires, yes. I will send them seven dollars and forty-two cents on Venmo. Well, what's seven forty-two? Is that your favorite number? No, it's a number that came into my head. Okay, okay. perfect. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> am I a listener? Can I? Can I? Am I eligible for this? Uh, you get forty-two cents. So. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, it's also All like right, so- we always owe each other like thousands of dollars, so it's less fun if you gave me like. Yeah. If you just handed me ten bucks, I'd be like, sweet. But if you yeah. just like updated your stupid Google form, it's like now you owe me forty. No, I literally owe you three thousand two hundred and forty-seven dollars fifty cents. Okay. Although you owe me money from from bets we made. So actually, I should. I think I'd uh, come up with <laughs> I think right. I think we said if it hits a hundred, then uh... it doesn't become applicable yet. Yeah. All right. All right, Akiv. So uh, we got uh, we got our last uh, regular football Sunday of the season left. We got two games. Well, so do we have to talk about what do we do? Our famous, you know, Riverdale week. What do we do next week for the podcast? Mm-hmm. Do we go all out on the Pro Bowl? Like uh, no, because I'd have to watch it. I don't think I've ever watched the full Pro Bowl. Full the Pro Bowl, Bowl actually, yeah. I think, at least went back to AFC-NFC, which yeah. I hate. Like, I hate the fact that the NBA, like, at least it's like, oh, you turn in, there's a team to root for. Like, oh, well, my team's in the West. Yeah, yeah team the Jerry team. versus T. Yeah, it was stupid. The t- yeah. It was three, like, two, uh, 13, 14, 15. They, the NFL went away from it. It was bad. Yeah, but the NBA, at least, you know what the NBA should do now that they have, like, Giannis and Jokic and all these people, they should go uh, U.S. versus the world. They still can't do that, though, because there's not 12 world guys who deserve to make it. Yeah, and also it's a problem with the union because it the ha- voting still would have to go through East and West, and then they'd sort of have to have guys not. You know, it doesn't. Yeah, really that's what work. I'm saying. They wouldn't have. They wouldn't have twelve and twelve in terms of the actual teams. And if you force right. it, you need to get to like thirty. Also, right? Who would? Yeah. I mean, you know, hockey. Really hockey by the hockey would do North America versus the world. It should have been Canada versus the world because the Americans should have been on the international to make it more balanced. That's true. That's true. Want to be too, you know, right? Canada versus U.S. is automatically better. Although Russia is getting really good. U.S. is excellent too. The U.S. The, the U.S. was really robbed the chance of not having guys in the Olympics last year uh, to become household names. Because yeah, but if you took the so deserving all stars in the NHL, it's still at least fifty percent Canadian. Ooh, I wonder if that's true. The NHL All Star Game. I don't think they've announced their who's in it yet. Have they? It's a. It's pretty soon. The NHL All Star Game. It's like next. Yeah, week. honestly, at this time of year, the extent of hockey fandom is. No, I know. I, I was looking at like the name of the guy game. who was leading the league, and I asked a bunch of like sports fans, like, what team? Is is this guy who's leading the NHL and scoring on? Yeah, but uh, hockey fans and sports fans are slightly different groups. It's sort of like MMA fans and sports fans. Yeah, that's not a crazy take. I I loved. Uh, I think I tweeted about this, but I loved Klosterman's take on the on the Simmons podcast where he said 
that like you don't like there's no casual MMA fans like you either watch everything or or like or you just watch Conor McGregor once a year or that's it you know nobody's yeah. just like tuning in one week and and out the next I think week. the only MMA fight I ever watched was um what was his name guy who was a homeless guy and oh he had the great beard Bo, Bo Kimbo Kimbo Bo yeah Kimbo yeah Kimbo Slice yeah yeah R.I.P. Kimbo yeah he his yeah, yeah he had the 50 second fight and he said we're gonna have the after party it was legendary. It was on a Saturday he night. He lost in, in, in le- it was under 15 seconds. He lost to a guy, Petrozelli, I remember, yeah. with like crazy hair, yeah. who was like a light heavyweight even, and was like a last, the guy who who's going to fight, who was like handpicked for him to beat, uh, like failed a physical or a drug test or something. So yeah, he but lost. Do you, on, but do you remember Gus that Johnson legendary post, post-fight interview he gave? Yeah, yeah, he was like, yeah, who's still going to party? Yeah, he's like, it's still good, we're still going to have the after party. Oh, so you know really they do? A, they do four divisions. Good lesson in life. So how about this? Okay, the Atl- can you keep the track here? So the Atlantic Division has four Canadians, four Americans, and three uh, Euros, okay? Okay. The Central Division has four Canadians, two Americans, and uh, five Euros. Three of them finish. Pacific is four, four Americans, and uh, three Euros. And then six, three. Yeah, so they're not, uh, they have less than half the league, but I guess close. But that's actually amazing how many Americans are making it. Yeah, there are, and I don't know if this goes by voting, there are 13 Americans in the All-Star game. That's a lot. Yeah, that's pretty good. I told you, the Amer- Americans are really awesome. Matthews should be, be a star. Patrick Kane already is a star. Yeah. Um, a lot of them are goalies. Gibson's a goalie. Uh, just yeah. two. Gibson Slippers. and Jimmy Howard. Uh, Seth Jones, that's Popeye's kid. He's in the All-Star game. Clayton Keller, I think he's like, uh, he's on the Coyotes. I, how about this? Is this a real person who's in the NHL All-Star Game, okay? Give it to you. All right. Danny Smith with a Y. Yes. Okay. Leon Drizadel. <laughs> what is he? He's from Switzerland? I'll say yes. Yeah. Uh, Danny Smith is not in the All-Star Game. Leon Drizadel is a German player on the Oilers who's in the All-Star Game. Ah, Swiss German. Close enough. Okay. Uh, Sebastian Ohooligan. No. Yeah, there is a Sebastian Aho, though. No, there's nobody named Hooligan. Ohooligan. <laughs> In the NH. Ohooligan. Oh, I see. Roman Josie. Uh, I don't know. I can only think of Josie Altador. Roman Josie. Yeah. Roman Josie. Is Roman Josie in the All Star game? I'm going to say no. Devin Dubnik. Yeah. He, he was on the Wild, so I know him. Oh, yeah, he is, he's literally the, your team's goalie. You should know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Roman Josie is defender for uh, Johnny DeSavera's National oh. Predators. He's, okay. He, uh, Thomas Shabo. Shabo. Sounds like a mm-hmm. Simpsons name. Uh, all right, this this is boring. Honestly, if anybody tuned in, People like this. still People listening. Like this. Is Thomas Shabo in the NFL? I mean, in is the it, NHL. It, 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 <laughs> Thomas Shabo. He's a two-sport star. I'm going to give you three names. You tell me which one's real, okay? Okay. And then we'll go. Thomas Shabo. Jeff Skinner and Mark Scheifel. Which of those three guys is in the NHL All Star game? Jeff Skinner is too obvious. I mean, it's too plain, too regular, so I'm going to say Jeff Thomas Skinner. Shabo, Jeff Skinner, Mark Scheifel. I'm going with Jeff Skinner. All three of them are in the oh, All Star okay. game. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we're hockey we just, experts. Yes, we should uh, We should just have, start a hockey podcast. Yeah. <laughs> you know how, like, Rob and I had a, people on, uh, two girls on who came on and, like, uh, Explain Harry Potter. We should have that with the NHL, like midseason. Like, tell us the storylines and stuff. On this podcast. Mm-hmm. Well, we do with college football with, with us. Yeah, right? yeah, well, like, we need a Robbie for hockey. Yeah. Now, now we're going to get, like, 20 people volunteering. We don't... Here's the thing. Nobody would listen. 
Like, don't volunteer to be that guy, because we're not going to do it. Nobody will listen. Um, but we do need an idea for next week. I don't think we're up to the movie one yet, unless you want to do the movie podcast next week. No, we do it right before the Oscars, usually, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we need... Uh, I've been powered up. I've been watching lots of movies, though. We also have... Oh, that's good. We we well, we do have uh, an idea. We have uh, putting the ringer through the ringer, that idea where Rob comes on and we just read whatever's on the ringer that day and make fun of it. Yeah. Well, we have that other idea for, I mean, for your other podcast, although it's really, it's 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 the kind of thing that would have fit really well in this podcast. What? What's the idea? The the theme songs. TV theme songs, the tournament. Yeah, but I think that'll, that that's good to have that on, on the other one, because that'll, yeah. I mean, you know, it's really, that's almost like a cross. I mean, that's really like a dual. Yeah. You know, I mean, like a lot of time, you're on it, so when a guy like comes it. on another podcast, and then both people put it on their feeds, that kind of thing. No, I don't think you have rights. No, with 32 fans, it's not have rights. No, I don't, I'm not saying we need to, but yeah, if. If you're 32 fans listener, iHeart, and you're not listening to Renap, you can make special <laughs> exception for that episode. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, that's enough. All right, yeah. Hopefully the Patriots lose this week, and we can uh, come back and not miss for the next two weeks. All right, have a good one. Bye. Something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, forward, by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.